You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 40 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. Three quick shout outs and then we will get this show on the road. Sickbiz.com is our sister company, our parent company, and we are so proud to be supported by them and their mission to normalize disabilities, chronic illness, and the very state of being a fallible and vulnerable human being with the side helping of exclusion. Thank you for working toward this. Thank you for working with us on increasing inclusion for every single body. Also, J. Hill Marketing and Creative Services are a sister soul company who provides a lot of funding for this show. Thank you for opening up the checkbook and recognizing our mission truly is meaningful to so many. And another huge welcome and more thank yous to GMP for sponsoring this show. The Goodman Project is helping to accomplish our visions and goals. We will be listed as one of their recommended podcasts and Good grief, that has me just jumping out of my skin. GMP is like returning home to the fathership for me. James Whitaker has been a great friend of mine. He is our chief strategy officer at SickBiz, an admin of the Facebook group as well. P.S. You should join if you haven't already. James and I met through our mutual publisher, Sound Wisdom, and we immediately hit it off as we began a fascinating examination of each other's lives. He is the author and co-executive producer of Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, and a multipreneur. Did I just coin a phrase? Possibly. By Jove, I did. Let me list off a handful of his businesses because every time I talk to him, he is innovating. So by the time this airs, he might have a few more corpse under his belt. Co-founder at CrossFit Torian, owner at BSFT Apparel, and obviously the CEO and founder at James Whitaker, where he advises you on how you can win the day and take control of your financial, physical, and mental health. We are going scuba diving into this man's beautiful soul, and I am privileged to be putting on the suit now. I could say so much more, but I will let James explain it all and likely talk about some topics that will surprise even him. And he will do it in his native Australian accent that makes the Siri voiceover guy in my phone green with envy. Please welcome my accomplished and compassionate friend, James Whitaker. James Whitaker, you are one of my most favorite people on the planet and i'm so happy you are here it has taken us a long time to get our shit together though hasn't it <laughs> it has hill but I'm, you're one of my favorite as well so happy we can connect and hopefully make some magic oh my god we always do though it's so funny and what people need to understand is every time we schedule a call we're like yeah should this go longer should we just you know blow off the next appointment <laughs> because we just keep going <laughs> oh i'm so glad you're here and i just want to thank you for everything you're doing with sick biz as our chief strategy office um officer yes and um you're just bringing all your gifts to us you're a best-selling author a co-producer of a freaking movie of the book by the same name which the first time i was like why doesn't he live in hollywood what <laughs> <laughs> i can see hollywood does that count the <laughs> oh, you can't 
see you can see can you see the sign or? i can see the sign it's often the i might need to invest in a in some binoculars or a telescope but yes i can see it <laughs> off in the distance and it uh yeah it keeps me keeps me inspired to uh yeah to keep doing big things every day that's amazing that's a huge anchor i love it <laughs> it's good and also hillary a big thank you to you for all the a lot of people don't realize and understand all the hard work that goes on behind the scenes that you do leading the charge so a big thank you to you for everything that you have done to help so many people around the world and continue to do each day oh my goodness thank you i that's just um you know when you have a calling you know, it just, it keeps pulling you forward. It's almost like you don't, it's almost like you're hostage. <laughs> <laughs> and such an important niche as well. If you reach that point where people feel like they've hit somewhat of a, a metaphorical brick wall yes. to have some inspiration, to be able to show them what, what is possible at that point, that their life is not over. It is such an important calling as well. So yeah, keep it up and, and thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, we are destigmatizing the shit out of chronic illness and disability and uh, <laughs> normalizing it. If anything could ever be normal, if anything, I think we should destigmatize normal. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. Normal's boring. Normal is boring. I would rather ride on a unicorn through a field of lavender than some old boring brown horse just kicking up manure, you know? A, a good friend of mine says only boring people get bored as well. So that's what we do. We try and help people elevate their thinking and help them come up with a plan to take a daily action. Amen. So I don't want to go back in time all the way to when you were an embryo, but I do want to talk about your life because to me, when I look at it, ever since I've known you and just even, even beyond that, when I learn about you, your life is constant evolution. And I want to stop and say you're a new husband too. So that's amazing. That's another evolution. But the point is that what has brought you here today to this oh, moment a, in time? It's a big question. And yes, I did get married on April Fool's Day and I'm still not used to the uh, the wedding bling as yet. <laughs> I'm just trying not to not to lose it. I lost my very first wedding ring in the in the ocean when it arrived, so I'm uh, I have to keep this one under under lock and key. Um, it's a little gorilla glue under yeah, the ring. I'll just keep it. <laughs> that's right. Well, I I grew up in uh, in Brisbane, Australia, so that is that is the accent that obviously you know Hill and uh, yeah. So I spent I just grew up there and surrounded by some pretty great people, and then I spent after university spent ten years in financial planning, which gave me a really good understanding of just the importance of people being engaged with their finances because if you if you do not if you're not engaged with your finances you wake up 10 20 30 years down the track and your life can be a little bit of a mess so it is really important to get excited about personal finance even though it mightn't be the most exciting thing to uh, to talk about and then after that I moved to America and spent 1 year in Boston and have now gone on for about 5 years in LA and it's a great, yeah, a great part of the world here. And I was involved in a number of entrepreneurial ventures, which was a great education via the real world. I feel like there is nothing like that in the educational system that's a, a worthy substitute of just getting out there and, and operating and starting a, a real business. And then most recently is co-executive producer of the film Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, and author of the modern companion book, also called Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, which is, of course, based on Think and Grow Rich, the 1937 book by Napoleon Hill, the best-selling self-help book of all time. 
Amazing. And th- what, how did you get there? What, when you were thinking, you know, I'm going to write this book, were you looking at, well, first of all, let me ask you, and I'm just, I sound like a jumbled fangirl right now. So let me, <laughs> <laughs> let me take a step back and just breathe a little bit and you're, take the pressure up. Okay. So you read the book, Think and Grow Rich. You said from 1933. Is that 19, right? 1937 it came 19, out. Yeah, about 80 years ago. Okay. So the copyright was expired on that. Was that, is that right? Was that the catalyst? No, I don't believe so. It was it, the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Have worked, they, they have done a lot of work with everything from prisons to universities to help get all the Napoleon Hill teachings around the world. So the mm-hmm. the opportunity came out for the filmmakers who were attached to it at that time, director Scott Savine and producers Sean Donovan, Karina Donovan and Joel Franco. And they had really gotten the ball rolling on turning the best-selling self-help book of all time into, uh, you know, turning that into a film onto the the big screen for the first time. And I had the opportunity to catch up with them when they already had this project underway, which they were doing and have done in conjunction with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And they just, yeah, they, I just, we just got talking about what was going on and I got so excited about their project. And I think they appreciated having someone else understand how big they wanted to make it. And then they, uh, they said, hey, we love your energy. How can you be involved in the project? And I had already written a personal finance and motivation book. Uh, when did that come out? I think that was maybe 20, 2010 that came out. And uh, I just pitched them a concept for what they could do on the book side because they were just very busy on the day-to-day running of the film. They hadn't really had much of a chance to think about a modern book that they could release with the film. And uh, they said they loved the concept and asked me to do it. So, yeah, there I was just interviewing Everyone from Bob Proctor to Barbara Corcoran and Rob Deerdeck and NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Warren Moon, just a whole heap of, of really amazing people who have been able to really elevate their thinking and, and just get some pretty cool things happening, despite, in many cases, some very, very difficult circumstances. So were you a jumbled fangirl then when you were talking to them? It was a, it was more surreal in some of these in some of these things. Like when I was on the the first Skype call I had with Bob Proctor, um, it was like he could reach his hand through the through the webcam and and grab me by the neck. It was it was amazing. And then, yeah, to be talking to people like Barbara Corcoran and being Rob Deerdeck's uh, Beverly Hills penthouse office and just hanging out with him for a few hours and it's just a yeah, to have the opportunity to talk to these people about, I'm not really big on surface level conversations. I don't really want to talk yeah. to anyone about the, about the weather. And <laughs> I would much rather, I, I just, I really enjoy talking to anyone in the world about their passions and where they want to go and what they want to do and what they're up to now that's going to help them have a better tomorrow. And uh, which means my wife, when she sees me at a, at a barbecue or a dinner, she always <laughs> is like, why is he always in these big, deep and meaningful conversations? But <laughs> to be to be in that with some of these extraordinary people was uh, it was a real it was a very surreal experience but something that I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to do because it was a it was like a I guess a basically a one on one coaching thing for me people pay tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars to have the opportunity to speak to a lot of these people so it was a really cool thing to do but it was also an obligation that I took very seriously around sharing that with the world too. So let me ask you about Rob Durdeck because I used to watch, oh, what was it? His fantasy. Fantasy uh, Factory? 
There we go. I used to watch it in his bulldog. He would teach him how to skateboard. So what people don't know, and this is really, we're going to, you went back in time, man. I'm going to go back in time right there with you. (laughs) My uh, first, I guess we'll call it like grown up lover was, and who's my oldest son's father was in professional skateboarding. So um, I got to know, not, not meet, but I got to know kind of like what the circuit was. Like he was sponsored and stuff. And we, um, I went across the country to Laguna Beach and moved into this condo where his sponsor lived. And we just kind of announced it one day, like, hi, we're here. And I, and we're going <laughs> to, and I'm like, hi, I'm living here now. So, but it was amazing because we could walk to the beach and everything. But so that is how I learned of Rob because he was kind of, you know, in those circles. I'd never met him though. I never met him. And so then I started watching him and he embodied absolutely what did seem like a fantasy life, but he was also living it out loud and and showing people it was possible to go to work and have fun and to play and to install. Am I making this up or did he install like a giant foam pit and then like a rope and you could swing out over it? And <laughs> he's done. He's done seemingly, uh, seemingly everything, Rob. He just he doesn't stop. But he's such a unique guy who is very obsessed with living his best life. And his part in the book talking about this rhythm of existence mindset where he views the whole world as a glass half full and has the opportunity to do anything that he wants to do and impact the world. And he wakes up each day excited to live with intent and and live the life he wants to live and contribute to the causes that he cares about and look after his family. He really is an, a, an amazing guy who is obviously in such high demand today. I think he's got like 7 million Facebook followers and 4 million on Instagram. He's a big, big deal. But one thing I really loved about his story is like he was a professional skateboarder. So most professional athletes, they reach a point where their careers, where they just have those physical limitations and then, and then that's it. They sit at home and, and typically squander their, their money. A lot of sports and a lot of professional athletes are, are bankrupt not long after, but he was able to keep taking a step forward and reach all these different things. He was designing shoes and TV shows and, owning uh, products and advertisements as part of these TV shows and control the verticals and the distribution and now has something called the Deer Deck Machine, which is a, a, a private equity venture capital type thing where he he really leads a lot of businesses and helps them come up with a bulletproof plan. It's, it's an amazing guy and an extraordinary story. And I also love that he just works in a, in a cap and a hoodie every day, just based out of this epic office. <laughs> know it i know it that's the that is seriously the pinnacle for so many entrepreneurs it's like when you can shed those clothes but here i'm gonna give the ladies a little tip today because i used to work uh, as web content admin and i actually worked in uh, a public accounting firm where i was a terrible executive assistant and uh so there's things i've learned about myself i am not a good executive assistant and i'm a terrible waitress so <laughs> like gather those bits and pieces as you go um but where the hell was i going with this i love being 45 (laughs) (laughs) what okay so what out of meeting all of those people because you interviewed them who emerged as the person who was most memorable to you 
Oh, they're they're all so amazing in their own and memorable in their own way. Um, you know, like the first, there was a Canadian billionaire who I had a, a call with. It was a Skype video call that went for I think four and a half hours, and I worked from a standing oh. desk. And uh, four and a half hours oh. later of a, of a <laughs> Skype call. <laughs> Like that was that was an interesting one, but probably the one that stood out to me the most was Janine Shepherd, who I've become very close friends with. I chat to her almost every day, and her story, for people who don't know it, it's actually the very first story in my new book. And Janine Shepherd was a cross-country skier. She was the national ski champion of Australia and had qualified for the '88 Winter Olympics in Calgary. And just a few months away from leaving for that, she was on a training bicycle ride in the Blue Mountains outside Sydney. And four hours into this bike ride, she was hit by a truck and then everything went black and she was airlifted to, yeah, amazing. She was airlifted to hospital where her parents were told that she wouldn't live. And then she spent 10 days in a coma and then woke up and then spent six months in the spinal ward. It was like she broke. She lost almost every ounce of blood in her body and like completely defied medical opinion, had broken pretty much every bone in her body. And after that, uh, when she went home in an all-body plaster cast, couldn't work, uh, couldn't walk, sorry, it was, uh, was classified as a partial paraplegic. And then she got very clear on what she wanted. She wanted to be a pilot. And she had a lot of very, very dark days trying to get used to her new her new body, her new life, and this this broken body. And she decided one day after she saw a plane fly overhead, she said, if I can't walk, I'll fly. And they mm. carried her into a plane for her first flying lesson. And um, the pilot said, take the controls. And they, uh, just by chance, ended up heading in the direction of where she had her accident in oh. the Blue Mountains. And that was her, that was the turning point for her where she said, I need to be a pilot. And her big goal from then on was to, yeah, was to become a pilot, get her pilot's license. But she would never do that if she couldn't pass a physical. So she needed to learn to walk. So for the second time in her life, she taught herself to walk again. And then she came on to be not only a pilot, but a pilot instructor and an aerobatics pilot. And now she travels around the world uh, as a best-selling author and speaker and sharing her, her message of hope with millions of people. So she's a she is an incredible woman. What she has been through is more than anyone else that I have ever heard, but she is so nice and kind and just such an inspiration about living each day to the fullest, but also going through life, looking at the world glass half full and with a smile on your face. So a lot of times we feel like we've hit rock bottom, but for so many people, it's it's never that immense physical trauma of being literally hit by a truck. Yeah. Uh, so that, that to me is just the perfect metaphor for life around you just sometimes you have ne no idea what's going to come out of left field. But if you take a deep breath, take stock of who you are and where you want to go, even when circumstances might point you in a different direction, you can still have a very meaningful, uh, a very fulfilling life. And we just have to almost take a moment of silence to take in the weight of what you've just shared, the gravity of what you've just shared, almost losing. When you said she almost lost every drop of blood in her body, that's when something in me was just incredibly moved. She still chose to live. She still chose to hang on and live. And But the people that are listening right now, that's what we want to impart to you. That's why SickBiz is here. That's why James is here. That's why he is 
also behind the scenes with me. So we're talking back and forth and emailing because he's taking care of you when you don't even know it. And, and the inspiration, the determination, the laser focus to resuscitate your life from the worst rubble is possible. And that, that story is amazing. So now you have been involved with helping people live their life to the fullest. And you, and we're going to talk about this in a minute. You have a new business or to say it's a new iteration of a business because you are such a chameleon, like the greatest, most vibrant chameleon. Um, but when I talked to you about sick biz, what propelled you to walk yourself further into your own soul to reflect and you didn't even hesitate. So that was like a really fast walk. You did not. It was like a speed <laughs> soul walk. It was, <laughs> But you wanted to help more people instantly. What? Why was that? I suppose I uh, having an idea of really understanding what is possible for people and just the people who I encountered in this book and, and like my mum was a psychologist who worked with abused children as well. And my, my father back in Australia as well, he always worked with people on uh, helping them get engaged with their personal finance and change their lives. I've always had that responsibility and, and I guess it's an obligation that I feel like that I want to help people, but I, I love it as well. And then having the opportunity to meet people like Janine, where I didn't, I didn't think people like that even. Like, of course, we knew that people on earth, a lot of us really, really struggle due to circumstances outside of our control. But people like Janine, to be where she was at that absolute physical rock bottom, rock bottom in every possible way. And then, because that was also her, her earning capability as an athlete too. And then to go to where she has become traveling around the world, which is extraordinarily difficult for her. And she's in China right now speaking as well to Hewlett Packard. She works with Amazon and the biggest companies on the planet, but also people like Jim Stovall. And for people who don't know the Jim Stovall story, if you don't mind me sharing another story. Of Hillary. course. This is, you know what? You're my co-host. So <laughs> well, Jim, Jim Stovall was told at the age of 17 that he was uh, one day going to go totally and permanently blind. He'd failed a, a routine uh, physical for his high school football team. And football was his, his whole life. That's what he wanted to do. He wanted to go and play for the, the Dallas Cowboys. And sure enough, just a few short years later, he went totally blind and he was confined to a, a small room, given a pair of dark sunglasses and a white cane and told that that would be his space where he could safely live out the rest of his days. And oh. he, he was like, just think about how many times in life we have heard about that from or been through that ourselves where we just feel like, okay, if the world isn't receptive of our message or the world doesn't seem to want me here, I'm just going to waste away in this room or in front of the TV but Jim wasn't happy with that reality. And again, like Janine, he had a lot of dark days and a lot of realization to get used to. And after that, he went on to write, he became the author of 30 best-selling books and he hadn't written a single book before he was blind. So now when people tell me, people who can see, when they say, hey, my goal is to write a book, it's a shame that I will never be able to do it or I don't know how to do it or I can't do it then I share the story of Jim Stovall with them and that gives them the motivation to be able to do it. 
And Jim Stovall also went on to create the uh, Narrative Television Network, which provides programming solutions for blind and visually impaired people in more than a dozen countries around the world. It's gone on to win Emmy Awards. He is an extraordinary story. Like Janine, they have similar themes, but very, very different backgrounds. And uh, it, it's just such a great realization of what is possible if we elevate our thinking. And if we can't do that ourselves, we need to find people who can help elevate our thinking and come up with a plan to take daily action that are going to get us where we want to be, to live with purpose, live with intent, to walk into this identity and that fulfilled life. And so much of it is around finding the gift in every situation. It's such an, an important part of that recovery and healing process to be able to reframe that to be productive. And it's gifts that, and, and this is the recent, this is the, the recent message theme. That's the universal theme that's coming through lately. These are gifts that you get from your personal hardships or challenges, whatever they happen to be, but they're not just your gifts. They're gifts to be shared because we can't, the universe can't, and how, however you believe in God, Allah, Jesus, what, whatever your belief is, or even nothing, and you're just more of a, a scientific person and whatever. I personally think God's a scientist, but that's just me. <laughs> so, um, but there's such an intricate weaving. We can't, as separate people, experience every single kind of pain and circumstance and situation and injustice and frustration and tragedy and ongoing trauma. We cannot experience those. So as a whole, as one, we are fragmented where we experience these pains and suffering for each other. And I think that is so important when you understand your role in the universe really is something. So even, and this is why when, when I think of humanity and our, and our interlinkings, I almost see a beehive. You know, you've got those little compartments, octagon shape that are all connected. We're each one of those. And each one houses these individual stories. But what stands out to me is that these people and it was physical and financial pain they were going through, but they're people and so it was emotional pain. And those people are absolute proof, not about conquering and achieving and scaling and climbing and all these things, the mental fortitude that is within all of us. And sometimes that comes down to pushing yourself forward. You know, it comes down to getting out of the why me? Why me? Why did this happen to me? Well, sweetie, because nobody's immune. We're all going to die. We're all going to get sick. It's just maybe yours happened earlier. But if you sink into, and I'm not talking about people with depression because that's another zebra entirely, right? But if you, if you sink into what you have lost, you will absolutely lose the gift. 
It's it's so true, and it's the difference between uh, reacting to life and living with intent. A big thing that mm-hmm. I like to use every day is called the five minute journal, where each day you write down three things that you're grateful for and three things that would make today great, and then you write down a, a daily positive affirmation, and that helps provide structure around thinking about what is it, what is the gift in your circumstances, regardless of of where we are in the world or what has happened to us. We all have thousands, millions, maybe even billions of things that we can be grateful for in that moment. And being uh, finding the gift in our circumstances enables us to have a mental reset. That gratitude coming from a position of gratitude means that we don't have that negative mindset anymore and we're free to chart a course to future success, which all begins with the very first step. And it's important to do the work that day one requires. Otherwise, you won't be uh, it's hard to to sustain that action when a lot of people, I think, get confused around what's the quote that says, is it the massive determined action? Something like that is the key to success, but we'll, mm. we'll go with that. And uh, so, <laughs> I hear you. so many people use massive determined action thinking that's what they need to do every single day where it's not true. They need to have massive determined action around their beliefs of what's possible, mm-hmm. but then follow that up with simple and consistent action. That's what leads to extraordinary achievement over time. It's such an important distinction. We're after something sustainable, like a compound interest graph, that over time, even though in your very darkest days, it can be difficult to focus on the seeds you sow rather than the harvest you reap. And if you're working at home or you're working for yourself, it it can be very, I've been there many, many times around when you think you wake up and you think, oh, wow, I feel like I've put in all this work and I'm just not getting the results. Uh, that can be difficult, but being able to reframe that thinking to be able to continue to put in the simple and consistent action every day, it's such an important part of it. So you are obviously a coach. People listening are like, man, I hope this guy's a coach. But let me tell you what. Yes, you are helping people win the day. So this is your latest iteration. And, And I just want to pause for a minute because that was such a chunky tidbit of deliciousness. It was like uh it was like a seven-layer dessert. Or we'll say, you know what, a seven-layer <laughs> taco salad because my husband and I love seven-layer taco salad. So <laughs> there's so much to it. Um, the one thing before we launch into your next uh, renaissance of yourself here is I want people to listen to what you said, which is to live with intent even if you don't know how, even if you're used to being a person who is, is more pessimistic, but you don't really like that about yourself, even if you don't know how, to start living with intent is to find gratitude. And one of the easiest ways to do that, because if we, a lot of major CEOs and world leaders talk about the importance and the value of journaling, but it's very, very difficult for people who are trying to take that first step to stare at a blank page. Like I find it difficult to stare at a blank page and I'm a writer. But if you've got the five-minute journal and it provides that structure, you just need to focus on two and a half minutes in the morning and two and a half minutes at night. If you can get into the habit of doing that, I promise you that your life will change. It's, It's such a simple shift in living with intent and winning the day. And if you're not at the stage where you feel like you can't do that, then reading some of the stories in my new book, Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy, will just give you an idea and and hopefully inspire you 
uh, of the the possibilities that are out there for you. There's no there's no point for anyone sitting in the sitting behind the scenes in their room. We've all got amazing stories and all have amazing opportunities to contribute in the world. But sometimes we need a little bit of help to help us take that first, second, and third step. Yes, and you are such an appropriate coach for people listening today too, and especially people of our, our very special community, um, because you're helping people with the multi-pronged approach. So James Whitaker is your company. You're helping other people to win the day. Who are you helping to win the day and how are you helping them? I want to help people take ownership of their financial, physical, and mental health because I feel like all three of those areas are very, very closely aligned. So the first thing that we would do is start with getting very clear on your perfect destination. So an analogy that I would use is if someone told you to drive to a town that was 200 miles away, what would you do? Well, the first thing that you would probably do is grab your phone and you would open Google Maps or Waze or Apple Maps and you would enter the perfect destination being the name of the town and it would spit out a step-by-step -step guide of how to get there in the most timely and efficient manner. But when we talk about winning the day, so many people think about just in a monetary sense or just in, in one area, but you need to think about winning the day in all areas of your life because the moment that we stop living with intent and stop focusing on success in one area, our default is to react to the day and that way we fall victim to whatever circumstances the universe hands us rather than going after it and being proactive. So I like to sit down there and on my mailing list, I actually just sent out a, a free success plan template, which is a either an editable PDF or an Excel file. And on that, you uh, write down what your perfect destination looks like. And then you map that right back to what actions you can take today in the next 90 days and one year. And it's got all the areas of your life and it's got an example version. And as soon as you have got that success plan template, you are clear on your definition of success. It's not up to anyone else to tell you what success looks like for you. That needs to be your definition of success. So that would be the very first point where I would start. So if anybody wants that, just contact me uh, via my website or uh, I'll send it to you, Hillary, and you can distribute it however you like. It's just so important to have that, uh, that, def uh, that definition of success. We would love to have uh, just your tools. Uh, I think that's what's important. So I want to give people access to the five-minute journal. And we want to give people access to the PDF for the perfect destination because it's so easy for people to sit there and say, I found success this way. I talked to so-and-so this way. I'm going to story share this way. But to actually kind of coach 2.0 is to bring it into the lap of the people who need it and say, here's a tool for you. This is what you actually can do. So many times we hear inspiration, we hear motivation, we hear drive and all these amazing stories of people who are just monumental achievers. And we go, well, that's great, but there's this big gulf between me and that person because I have no idea how to get started because yes, maybe I was like them 20 years ago, but now it's, we're not the same. And so it's important to have those tools. It's so true. And we all love following the, you know, the big people on on Facebook or Instagram, whether it's Gary Vaynerchuk or Lewis Howes or whoever, or Brandon Burchard or whoever it is that you like in whatever field that you're in. But yeah, as you said that, it can be a, quite a big chasm between where they are and where you are. So 
you don't need to have someone like Elon Musk as your personal mentor to help you take that first step. Just find someone who has the someone in your network who has the success or know someone who has the success that you're after. Don't be afraid to reach out and let them know who you are and what your mission and what your purpose is and what your values are and how you want to help and what you're struggling with and ask them if they can help share some of their journey with you. And if you've got that in alignment with the success plan template, which is your definition of success, and the five-minute journal, which enables you to write down daily actions and then calibrate at the end of the day what went right and what went wrong, Mm -hmm. there is absolutely no reason for every single person on the planet to be able to start taking very large steps towards living the life of success that they want. Absolutely. And for the people who are listening who are like, but I'm the black sheep of the family, but I'm the drama queen, but people say that I I make crazy. I'm a crazy maker. I'm an abandoner. I'm a runner. I don't follow through. I'm a procrastinator. You know what? You're anything that you want to be. And so sometimes we just need some tools. I used to be a very rageful person. I was very angry because a lot of people didn't stick around in my life. Um, and it makes a person angry and it makes a person very negative and pessimistic and all these glorious things you don't want to be. <laughs> and um, I'm telling you, my fury was groundbreaking, groundbreaking fury. But I changed massively. It starts with one thing. It starts with having the right tools. If you don't like who you are and you're using self-deprecating humor or sarcasm, which is so many times disguised as anger, you can change. Even even if if your responses are grooved so deeply in your brain from the, the sheer action of repeating over and over and over and over again those bad decisions, you can still change. So, so, yeah, it's it's so important, and and also having that the the messages of what we tell ourselves. Like I, I feel like I'm very nice to uh, to everyone, and I look after myself in every way, except just as far as things like self talk. That is something that I still struggle with. I get frustrated with myself mm-hmm. if things aren't perfect, and of course, everything can't be perfect. And my wife now is aware of that, and she actually. She picks me up on it as recently as, as this morning. Like it's to say, hey, you know, be careful what you're what you're saying to yourself. It's so important. And when I went and saw Rob Deerdeck, someone who had had a profound impact on his life was a guy by the name of Dr. George Pratt, who's a clinical uh, clinical psychologist and um, peak performance coach and hypnotherapist and various other things. He works with Olympic Games athletes and and famous celebrities and a whole heap of other extraordinary people. And I I just, uh, one of my big goals for last year was to invest in myself. So it was a big cost, but I went down there and and saw George and he got me uh, changing that loop around that self-talk around. So often now when I have those moments, and it's not perfect as as I alluded to before, but changing that loop around your head to say, I deeply love and accept myself. Uh, when previously it was, I would just get a lot more frustrated. So yeah, just being aware of that self-talk and trying to reprogram that via your environment, via your success plan template and getting very, very clear on what you want and via the people that you're, that you're hanging around. You can't 
hang around negative people and expect a positive life. You can't be a productive person if you have a messy bed or pots and pans sitting in the sink or your whole apartment or, or working place is a mess. So just being aware of your environment and what you're telling yourself and who you're hanging around with is, is so important. Absolutely. You need every single tool possible to help you move forward. And, and I think that's really important. There are so many things that you touched on today. I mean, people need mentors, for example. They, they need to look out to other people who resonate with them personally. You've identified that our success looks different and comparing ourselves to other people because we're supposed to have a, an identical journey is toxic. That we need to move out of toxic relationships with people and that we, we need particular resources that we don't even know we need. On the heels of talking about self-talk, self-talk is so insidious because it's silent. Nobody else hears it but you. And one of the ways that you can break that is to actually speak to yourself out loud. I think that's super important because talking to yourself out loud, and we talked about this on the last episode of Sick Biz Buzz. So if I talk to myself out loud and say, wow, I'm such a bag of shit. That's all I'm ever going to be. I, when I hear it, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not a bag of shit. This is crazy. And even if I'm sick, even if I haven't accomplished in my mind much that day, but a lot of self-care and a lot of resting and a lot of detox and all these wonderful things, I have still done the best I can. And so it, it's super important that you tap into some of those ways that we can move out of these deeply rooted patterns. Um, and now, and I always say this, but it's so true. I feel like sick biz buzz is a time machine that you get in and you come out like 45 minutes later and you just go, Oh my God, um, where are we? <laughs> 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 so I have one last question for you. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. Okay, what is the one thing that people don't know about you? Oh, that's such a good question. Oh, I don't know. I'd say one thing that very few people know about me, I've actually just started to talk about it uh, in some forums very recently, just in the interest of opening things up to vulnerability. But I had some really debilitating issues with anxiety when I was really uh, very, very young. That was particularly bad through the end of high school and the start of university. So it seems quite odd for people who have only known me in the last five or 10 years where I appear very, very confident and and am not really worried about getting on a stage in front of 2,000 people that if you look back 15, 20 years ago, that I really struggled to even sit in a, a small room of, of four or five people. It was very, very difficult. So uh, via a simple shift in thinking and then trying to focus on a great result over time. It was something that I was able to overcome. And that is another thing that I want to really, I'm actually going to talk about that. That'll be a framework of a mastermind session that I'm running in Iowa uh, next week, just to help people be aware of their vulnerabilities. And if you fall victim to those vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. there was a, I call them sliding door moments. Like if you had an opportunity to go out and do something or the other, the flip side of that was that you didn't go and do it. Um, having that can really change your life. Like if I didn't meet these filmmakers, I might be living in Australia right now doing something completely different. If I 
fell victim to that anxiety thing back in the day, I wouldn't have taken a coffee meeting that is what actually got me into public speaking in the first place so many years ago and what was a, was a very big moment in helping me overcome all this stuff too. So I think it's very difficult for people to achieve success if you just sit in a room by yourself seven days a week, but really opening your eyes to what's possible and getting like deliberately getting out of your comfort zone on a on an almost daily basis, if not a daily basis. I think it's just such an important part of success and something that, that people should aim for. I'm in total agreement with you. And and you said something else that and I'm telling you, this is what happens every time we <laughs> every time we talk to each other. <laughs> like, well, do you want to stay on the phone for five hours? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. <laughs> um so what's really important as we look at our fears, the, the our fears are the sliding door into our goals. And if we Sometimes it's it's hard to identify our goals and say, well, I don't really know what I'm going to do, but they're attached to our fears because a lot of us, if not all of us, want to overcome those fears that keep us lashed down and, and bound and restricted. You identified your fear. You turned it into a goal. And this is this is massively important. I told my husband this week and I had I have 10 things that I'm terrified of doing. And, and some of them are silly, but even if they're silly, they still speak to the human spirit and to the ability to conquer through sheer mindset power. So maybe, and I'll, and I'll share like, what's one of the things people don't know about me. Um, and this is a, this is like a very typical fear, but I'm terrified of spiders However, I would love to pet a tarantula because I'm once somebody told me, I don't know if they were full of shit, but you can probably tell me because I'm sure you've seen them that somebody told me that they feel like a kitten. And ever since they told me that, I just feel like I have to touch one. Why not? That's a good way to, uh, yeah, overcome your fears. But I was, I was laughing because uh, Australia is probably not the best place for you if uh, <laughs> we have these things called huntsman spiders, which are completely harmless, but they're oh. they're big and... It's it's not uncommon for Australians to if you've you know you're having a shower and uh, yeah you just look to your right and you've got this giant huntsman spider three inches from your face and it's like all right I'm going to uh, you know get a tennis racket and usher this thing out the door or um, yeah but spiders we certainly have many of them uh, in Australia. <laughs> oh my heavens! So what's the biggest spider you've ever seen then? Oh, it would be a it would be a huntsman, but you know that they're that they're harmless. But if you're if you see one on your your bedroom wall and you're about to go to sleep, it's very difficult to uh, and you're trying to you're trying to get it out of the house and then it disappears under your bed. That's when it's like, all right, well, if this thing gonna crawl on my face while while I'm asleep, I'm, and then you can't go to bed until you've uh, until you've found this thing. And then uh, my wife is when she's been in Australia and she's like, hang on, why are you? Why are you not taking care of this? Like, why are you not killing it? Why are you uh, putting it outside where it can crawl in the door and, and come back? So, oh, but no. Australians are just used to uh, used to spiders. Actually, there was a there was a situation where I hopped out of the shower and I reached for my towel, and there was one on the other side of the towel. And, oh, uh, heavenly days! Yeah, and I tell you what, for about eight years after that, uh, <laughs> eight uh, yeah, years. shake the shake the towel. Just to make sure there was uh, – I even did that when I was in Boston. I don't think they even have any spiders in Boston, but it was – it had become a 
It'll become a habit. What's the opposite of a high-performance habit? Maybe that was a, a fear habit. So uh, a fear about oh, see, no, you just tapped into something else. So the fun. Okay, so I lied. So I have one more question. So what's your fear? What's the next thing you're going to conquer? As far as fears, I, I get I get a bit. I don't know if fearful is the right word. I'm certainly very cautious of making sure that the content that I that I roll out, I want it to be of a very high, I want it to be very, very, very valuable consistently. But probably my biggest fear is actually that I wake up one day and, and my whole life has been a has been a dream and I wake up in a in a box somewhere. That is I know that sounds pretty crazy, but that is an actual I think about that almost almost every day. It's just a yeah, it's just uh, that's I don't know. Maybe it's a good motivator to for me to give every day everything that I that I have. But it's just that fear of one day waking up and this was all just a, a big dream and it was just not real. Well, how in the heavenly days are you going to conquer that fear? I, because I, you, no. <laughs> yeah, usually fears are like, well, I'm afraid of skydiving, <laughs> so I'm just going to get on that plane and I'll puke in the air, you know. But how do you? <laughs> But how do you address that well, so that you, you do you have to just learn to live with it or yeah, just learn to live with it? I, I, yeah, it's just it's it is something that is just so different and out there. It's nothing that I can confront. So it's not really a yeah. But that being said, I, I think I need to get some get pretty clear on some things that would be a very big leap outside my comfort zone. You might have just motivated me to uh, sit down with a notepad and think about some some pretty cool things to yeah to get out of my comfort zone. Let's share that. So when, and and everybody knows this. So when the podcast airs, then it's always made into a blog post too. So we're going to make sure that we share that, and we're going to hold each other accountable. <laughs> Done. We're going to hold each other accountable to our goals, and as we move forward, and and that's important for our community as well. So thank you so much for brightening our airwaves today, and um, and for being here and for supporting us and to just living inspiration thank you hill no worries at all just happy to uh yeah hopefully even if there's one person out there who can help make some meaningful change in their lives and it's all all worth it but uh if anyone who's struggling just yeah reach out via my website anything i can do to help just uh let me know Yes, and we will have all that information for you available, including if you're down with this, uh, the five-minute journal, link to that, and then we'll have a PDF of The Perfect Destination, as well as links to your books, your movie, um, all of those things so that people can get the help that they need. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, James. Thank you. Thanks, Hill. Lovely to be here. James Whitaker is a man on the move. He is a person who is the epitome of what I read the other day, which is something along the lines of scale a mountain, reach the summit, pick another mountain. If you can identify on your fingers the number of fears that you have in your life, you may find that they align with the number of goals that you have in your life too. And James is a person who is a living personification of ascension. We are beyond honored to have him on our SickBiz team. We are beyond honored that he shares his wealth of knowledge and gratitude and road-tested life skills and hacks and wisdom. He is the person that if you are stuck and if you don't know what your next step is going to be and if you need a coach who is empathetic yet firm to help you address everything going on in your life, give him a call. He is it.
Thank you, James, so much for being on the show today and sharing with our listeners everything that makes you, you. If you would like to get in touch with James, the best way to do that is through his website, jameswit.com, J-A-M-E-S-W-H-I-T-T.com. Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for Sick Biz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. Wherever your mind will take you, whatever you want in your life, Sick Biz will provide it to you. And don't make me have to start getting out my bribes here to get people to pile up those reviews so that we can climb the ladder of podcasting success. Can you tell when I was a little girl that I wanted to be on the radio? I pretend like this is my weekly radio gig. Aside from the silliness, make sure you do head on over to sickbiz.com and devour all the wisdom, tips, hacks, and hope, and resources, and even more things like free financial consultations, reduced price coaching, and my absolute favorite resource, our job board, giving you the means to make a living wage in your home despite managing any physical or mental health challenge. And you don't want to miss my new book coming out on Amazon September 18th either. Of course, we've got that up as a soft launch pre-order. Simply go to Amazon under books and type in sick success and you'll see my smiling face looking back at you. Finally, make sure you are using our sick freaking app. See what I did there? That is delivered right to your phone. Simply text sickbiz to 36260 and enhance your life with SickBiz's resources on the go. These are the tools you need to live your best existence and you can have them whenever you want them. That's it for today's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Until next time, be well. <laughs>